Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good morning. This is Attorney Vincent Davis. This is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of the show is to, get, is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them where to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Good morning, everyone. Before we take calls, I want to read uh, to everyone a section of the Welfare and Institutions Code. So if you have a pen, write this down. You can Google it later. Welfare and Institutions Code Section 248.5. It says that all written findings and orders of the court shall be served by the clerk of the court personally by first-class mail or by electronic service pursuant to Section 212.5 within three judicial days of their issuance on the petitioner, the minor or the minor's counsel, the parent or parent's counsel, and the guardian or the guardian's counsel. So many times when people come to my office, I ask them to bring the minute orders. They tell me they don't have them. And then a lot of people, and this is from around the state in California, having a big problem right now in Santa Barbara County, uh, getting copies of minute orders. There shouldn't be a problem. The California Welfare and Institutions Code says that all minute orders have to be served on you or your attorney within three court days. If this is not happening, please contact your county clerk's office and ask them why they are not complying with Welfare and Institutions Code Section 248.5. One of the reasons why they're not complying is I I think the cost um, associated with uh, complying with that section uh, can be substantial for each particular county. Also, I'm going to be asking callers today whether they are registered to vote. Elections are coming up. You can vote for or against Superior Court judges in California, and that includes juvenile Superior Court judges. So if you're not happy with a particular judge and his or her decisions, take your grief and your fight to the ballot box. So I'm going to take the first call this morning from area code 323 ending in zero seven. Good morning. This is Attorney Vincent Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Um, a story to tell. Go ahead. Okay. Well, our situation, um, Grandma and my son got full custody of his son and a year later, um, they they came and they took his son. The mom has a, a family member that's a, a social worker, so 
she had the upper hand of everything. Um, my grandson has been through so much. They placed him with her when they knew she was a drug addict. They knew that she was abusing him. Um, he was, we noticed like a lot of marks on him and he said, my mom's hitting me. So even the therapist mandated reports were ignored from the hospital, from the therapist, everybody saying that the mom was abusing him. Well, she had another baby and the baby was born with illicit drugs, um, meth. So the hospital took took her, her kids away and there went my, my grandson too. So the her other two kids, right away they placed them with, with her in-laws, the other side. But my grandson, they they put him in a foster home and they refused to let me get him or anybody in my family. So he he's in a foster home and then we go to court and like a whole bunch of incidents happen of a whole bunch of things. It's It's been since 2014 that they've been prolonging this. They don't give us no court reports. They don't give us no notices. They didn't even tell my son when was the next court. He was unaware of courts and he missed courts. The social worker did a lot of things to hurt my grandson and to hurt my son, placing him in danger. And with him complaining that he needed help, nobody helped him. Nobody did nothing. I sent letters everywhere and nobody has, has done anything to help us. Now they, they say that it's, it's very um, detrimental to remove him from the foster lady. He's only been there for a year. And so that's why they, they ended my son's parental rights because they weren't going to pull him away from the foster lady. And the foster lady physically, I mean, abuses him mentally. We have her, we, our, our calls are recorded and we have her forcing him to say things he doesn't want to say. But give me an example. Um, she she's forcing him to say that he wants to let my son go, and then he said, "No, I don't want to say that." And she said, "Yes, you do want to say that." He said, "No, I don't want to say that. I don't even know what that means." And she goes, "Oh, you know what it means. You you have to tell him that." And behind our back, they they were putting him for adoption, and they got approved without you know, letting my family get him or anything or me. He has had lies. Yeah. He he has a whole bunch of problems. Like now he has to wear glasses for life because they hit him in his eye and I don't know what they did to him. We have pictures of the bruises where we're complaining that his eyes were bruises and and we we got banned from taking pictures because we we couldn't have no evidence. It's it's just it's overwhelming and and it's too much and and now we're trying to get him back and and they do everything possible to not let us have him. I I, I 
it's just overwhelming. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yes. When was, um, how old is the child? He turned seven last week. They took him when he was three. I'm sorry, what did you say? They took him when he was three. And are you still able to visit with him? No, they they went as far as to tell us that we were going to have our last visit. <laughs> and we went to see him at the office for the last visit. And it, it, it was it was horrible because they're literally telling us that's the last time you're going to see, see him ever in your life. Like, they have no rights to take him away from us. We have no physical abuse or, or verbally or nothing like I I had him with me and my son is the one that used to work so I take care of him and he works but we we had it good we we had got our home and housing so people were like in our lives from the, the housing place then nobody said nothing the social worker when he came he didn't find nothing he, my son signed the 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 close of the case paper the what is it called the referral it was a close of referral he signed it and then he the social worker came back and said I'm sorry I didn't find nothing wrong but somebody in the office told me to come and get him so I have to get him and they pulled him from my arms my son wasn't even there we have asked for TA TMA meeting TDM meetings and they haven't gave us none they they don't they don't they don't let us show our proofs or nothing, nothing. They just did whatever they wanted to do and, and twisted everything and and they kidnapped him from us. Was the person that adopted him a a relative or just a, a foster parent? Um, no, she's just a foster parent. My sister, um, works for for LA Air, LAX airport so she's fingerprinted and everything she's legit um she went and told them she wanted to get him and they lied to her saying that oh, okay we're going to check do a home check but they had already approved the foster mom to to adopt him and and they said that my sister wasn't a, didn't make herself available but they even went and did a home check. They said they did a home check for me and it didn't pass, but nobody ever came to my house. So how can they do a home check? Do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Yes. Yeah, I want you to call this number. You can call it any time after 9, 9.30 today. Okay. I want you to call this telephone number, and I want you to make an appointment to come see me or at least talk to me on the phone. You and your family may have a lawsuit against the social workers and the county. What county are you in? Los Angeles. Okay. I'll, so I'll give you this I'll phone call. number. You're gonna... Excuse me? I'm going to give you the phone number. You ready? Okay. Yes. Triple eight, triple eight, six five eight two. 
888-888-6582. Okay? Okay. You should call that number after 9.30 today. Make an appointment to come see me. Um, and we'll talk about you have, you know, giving, uh, filing a lawsuit against the social workers who were not telling the truth to the judge and the county of Los Angeles. By the okay. way, I wanted also, to ask you something. Um, yes. Are you and your family um, registered to vote? Um, yes. Perfect. Make sure that you vote, and when you vote, that um, you vote with respect to the people and the folks who are running for uh, L.A. Superior Court. Did you have okay. another question or comment before yes. I move on to the um, next call? Yes. Um, from the beginning, like they were saying lies, uh, we've been recording every any contact we've had with my grandson, a phone or physical contact. Every single visit we have it recorded. So, um, are we going to be able to use any of those recordings? Because what they say in the reports is nothing of what the truth, you know, of the recording says. Um, you know, that's a very difficult question. Typically, uh, and generally in California, recording a person without their knowledge is not admissible. However, there are many exceptions to that rule. So when we meet and talk and I watch the video or the recording, um, I can let you know whether I think that will be admissible in court at some future date. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. David. Thank you very much for your call. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is a very uh, tough story to take. And unfortunately, I hear that story all the time from people, not only in Los Angeles County, but people all over California, relatives who seem to be good members of the community, upstanding uh, people. And for whatever reason, the social worker and or the juvenile court decides not to place with these relatives. Um, And I I just don't get it. I'm going to take the next caller. It's uh, area code 909, ending in 8-5. Good morning. You're on with attorney Vincent Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? A question to ask. Go for it. Hello? Hi. Yes. I was wondering what what does the form JV80 consist of and how does it work? Okay. JV80, you may sorry. be referring... What would you say? The JV180, sorry. Okay. Uh, do you have a copy of it in front of you? Um... Yes. Okay. So you can, for all the listeners, you can get a copy of this form by just Googling JV-180. And the JV-180 is a request to change a court order. 
that's used in the California uh, Superior Court's juvenile dependency departments. So there are really an infinite number of uses for the JV-180. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you your children were placed in foster care uh, or what they call suitably placed after the disposition hearing, and your court date is scheduled for six months down the road. JV-180s can be used to file with the court to ask for a court date sooner and tr to try to get your child returned home to you sooner. So I'll give you an example of the case that we're doing right now. Um, woman was represented by a court-appointed attorney. At the time of the trial and the disposition hearing, she lost, and the child was placed in foster care. Uh, about a month or two later, she came to me wanting to know, did she have to wait the full six months uh, before she could try to get her child back? Apparently, she had been told this, excuse me, by the social worker and or her attorney. And I told her, no, you don't have to wait. You can file a JV-180 to move the court, to request of the court to get your child back. And that's what we have done, and that's what we're um, waiting to have a hearing on. So here's another reason why you would file a JV-180. Child's in foster care, and you want to move the child to a relative placement. You can try to file a JV-180 to change the court order from the, the placement or to change the court order from a general suitable placement for foster care to a specific placement with a relative. Um, let's give you another example. Let's say that, you know, you've been in the case about uh, a year and you lose your uh, family reunification services and they set the case for what's called a 366.26 hearing to terminate your parental rights. Well, in between those two dates, you can file a JV-180 to try to get more family reunification services or get more visitation or unmonitored visitation, overnight visitation, or to even get the child back before the termination happens. So those are some of the uses of the JV-180 that we use at my law office. Uh, like I said, there's an infinite number of ways you can use a JV-180. Um, did you have a specific question on what you're trying to do with the JV-180? Yes because I we had done one but um I had gotten a response last night and it set it set so far away and I don't understand how come It's set right what before my next court date Like how long does right. it it once the judge accepts it how long do they usually give them to prepare a response Okay so You've got a couple things um, uh, mixed up. So when you file the JV one eighty, I think the when you file a JV one eighty, I think the statute says, and it's Welfare and Institutions Code three eight eight. I think three eighty eight says the judge has to make a decision within twenty days or twenty one days, something like that. So when you file it, the judge will make a decision on whether to grant you a hearing, whether there's enough evidence. For there to be a hearing or number two the judge will deny it 
and not give you a hearing. If the judge denies it, you should consider filing an appeal. If the judge doesn't grant you a hearing uh, within 20 days, I think the code says that you're actually um, then automatically granted a hearing. So whether you're automatically granted a hearing or the judge grants you a hearing, at that hearing, you have to prove that it's in the best interests of the child uh, to grant your requests and that there has been a substantial change in circumstances for the judge to change that order. Um, okay. And But all of this is supposed to happen in 20 days. In practice, it sometimes doesn't happen within those time periods. And if it doesn't, you and your attorney can file what's called a writ to the Court of Appeals to ask for a sooner date. But a lot of times, 388s are combined with upcoming hearings so that the uh, court doesn't have to hear your case, you know, one month and then four weeks later hear your case again. Um, so they're put together. I happen to think that that's improper, but a lot of judges do that in the form of, you know, calendar management. Um, if you're granted a hearing, the social worker then has to prepare or is supposed to prepare a report uh, that either supports or uh, fights or opposes your requests in your, uh, your JV-180 in what used to be called uh, your 388 petition. Does that answer your question? Okay. That, that's the part that um, we got the the court, the hearing, but now it's not until three, um, four. Okay, so I got it yesterday, and then it's my court date isn't until four nine. For the oh, the yeah, hearing isn't that, until four nine. Right, so that's too far away. Well, you should consult yeah. with your your attorney, your attorney, uh, to, to have that court date moved up. Okay. Okay. Because that's the statute, what I need to do. The statute oh, itself. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What did you say? I was going to say that the statute itself says the hearing has to be within so many days, and I think it's 20 or 21 days. So a hearing, and that's from the date you filed it. So if you got notice of a hearing in April uh, for something that you filed several weeks ago, you know you're out of the ballpark. So. You should talk to someone about having that hearing moved up. Okay. And then also another okay. thing is, is I think the judge last time I had gone to court, this is 120 days ago, um, they just extended it for another 120 days to do adoptability stuff. But um, the judge ordered the family to be able to do visitations and nobody's been able to see the children I have no idea where they're at I they don't tell me nothing I've been calling since my last court date which was on the 17th and I can't get nobody to return my call nothing everyone just I've even gone down there and they just say oh well I'm not their supervisor or just nobody gets on the phone and I haven't heard how my kids are or what they're doing or anything like that since a long time ago, since May or August 22nd, to be exact. Are you, um, what county is your case in? San Bernardino. Okay. 
So what I would suggest is you contact your attorney immediately and uh, complain. Um, if you want to know exactly what to do and what to file, give me a call, um, and I'll go into more depth with it with you. Um, I don't know if you wrote the phone number down from the last caller, um, but if you didn't, do you have a pen? Yeah. I want you to call my office, and you got to tell them that you may want to make an appointment to talk to me specifically, nobody else but me. And the number is triple eight triple eight six five eight two. Okay. And I'll okay. get into depth and detail with what you should be doing in order to get those visitations, because it's going to be important with respect to your uh, three eighty eight. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, she had my visitation. She had my visitation taken, saying I was inappropriate in visits, but I had it recorded, and that's not the case. But I, like you told the last lady, that sometimes it's not submissible in court. Well, when we went about the 180, we did we didn't do say anything about that, and so I don't know. I don't know. I'll call you. Okay. Thank you very much for your call this morning, ma'am. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. So I told that last caller I, it's called a 388 petition. The actual form, they call it a JV-180. Um, I don't recommend that you fill out and file JV-180s without talking to an attorney. Uh, it is a legal document, and you should have things, additional things, um, attached to the JV-180 uh, form. A lot of people think, oh, it's just a form. I'll fill out the form and file it. In my opinion, the form um, doesn't really say this, but in my opinion, you should file um, declarations. You should file evidence, documents, pictures with the JV-180 to show the court that you have a substantial amount of evidence in order to uh, uh, to show that your request should be granted. Okay, I'm going to take the next call. It's area code 949, ending in 77. Hello. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Hi. Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell yes, or a question you. to ask? I kind of have both. <laughs> um, so I have a three-month-old baby. Um, I have a three-month-old baby, and um, um, my I've only been married for five months, and um, I thought I was doing what was in the best interest of my child by getting married to my husband because I wanted my son to be, you know, to grow up in a home with a mom and a dad because I know that it's important for his psychological and emotional development. However, um, recently I... Um, recently I caught my husband in a huge lie, um, prior to the lie that I caught him in, we were, my baby had caught some like cold viral thing and I was panicking cause this is my first child and I'm very, like, I've been, I've been so hypersensitive to any, any issue that he has because I, you know, it's, you know, it's my baby and he's never even had a rash on his bottom. I mean, I'm very on point and I'm a very good mother. And, um, so anyway, uh, I even, we went to the, 
I went to the pediatrician one day and she checked on the baby and she said, it's going to get a little worse before it gets better, but you're, you know, everything you're doing, everything and everything's good. And we were doing breathing treatments with the albuterol for the baby. And um, anyway, after the doctor visit, I, my baby's temperature just went up to like 100.4, but since he's so young, I, I started panicking. And so I called the doctor on call and they told me to go to the ER because if it's anything above 100.4, then at his age, you know, that it, he should be seen in the emergency room. Um, so anyway, I took the baby to the hospital and the ER doctor said that I was doing everything correct and not to change anything that, uh, and then by the time we got to the hospital, cause I had just given him his Tylenol, his fever went down. And anyway, so I'm just really like sensitive to him because my baby's my everything. So anyway, so, um, after that, uh, see my husband, um, he's been getting really mean and abusive and angry lately. And when we were driving home from the hospital, I could have sworn like I was like he kept swerving on the freeway like he was going to hit the center divider because I found out he's been smoking this marijuana wax. So then um, and, and it's it's a real strong form of marijuana, which I I he's just been getting really mean and angry ever since I've noticed his behaviors change dramatically. And I would have never married him if I knew this was going to happen, like he was going to treat me the way he is. But he really is abusive and breaks me down. But anyway, I can't tell him anything. So anyway, I, I told him, I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to pull over because I could have sworn you just almost, you know, swerved the car and he starts yelling and cussing at me and the baby's sick in the back seat. And anyway, finally, we're almost to our house and he goes over an island and pops the tire of my car. And I, that's when I just started just bawling. And I said, you're never driving with the baby in the car ever again. And then this is, I'm so over this and the baby's crying. It's one o'clock in the morning. He's sick. Anyway. Long, so then anyway, we come back to the, to our house and, um, and, um, uh, my husband comes and acts like he gets a phone call from his work and tells me that he needs to go to work. Is it okay if he goes to work? And I get, I, and I told him that's fine. You know, I mean, the baby's really sick, but I mean, whatever, if you need to work, you need to work. So he goes to work and, um, I'm taking care of the baby, giving the baby breathing treatments and making sure, you know, just taking care of the baby all night and day. And then um, he says that he has to go out of town. So he texts me that night once he finally gets to his destination. And he says, okay, well, I'm here. Okay, love you. Um, I'll talk to you later. I tried calling you twice. Uh, love you. Good night. And then I, you know, I, I was, I was got suspicious. So I called him back and he has his phone both turn off. And then so I called his because I knew something was up. And um, anyway, so I called his work and they told me that he wasn't working, that um, so he I caught him lying. So now I'm here with taking care of a sick baby. So anyway, I changed the locks on my door and I told him he can't come back. And I have all my te I have all the text messages leading to all this because I was just, I, you know, I'm like, you can't come back in this house because if you're going to lie to me, you don't need to be here. So anyway, after that happened, so he calls CPS on me. And I'm at home taking care of my sick baby. And all of a sudden I get a knock on my door and I'm like, hi. And they're like, we need to come in and check on the baby. I'm like, what? And um, they came to the door and my baby, they saw the baby was fine. And I mean, the, you know, I showed them that I've been taking him to the doctor and I showed them all the medications the doctor gave me to take care of him and everything. And I just didn't understand what was going on. And um, um, anyway, um, I, I knew that the reason why they were there, I knew it was my husband that called them just to be in spite of me. 
But anyway, they, they saw that the baby's fine. They called the supervisor and then they left because there was nothing wrong with my child. And they could tell that the baby was taken care of and it was my husband was doing a false report. So anyway, my husband tries to reconcile with me and um, he comes over and he brings and I just I mean, my baby is three months old, um, but he's so abusive and mean that I I've been he breaks me down so much. So and I have all the texts to prove it like I just try to tell him like please we need to go to marriage counseling because I cannot have you talking to me like that around our baby he this is so important and if you don't get help then I have to leave you because I'm not going to let you talk to me like that in front of my kid because he'll curse me out and abuse he's so abusive and you know I I had to go to the doctor I have been under the doctor's care because I'm really depressed because of all this because I my baby's so young and um they put me on antidepressants and um, then um, he, so he's just as I told him about what medications I was taking. So he starts calling me a pill popper and then he brings me when he, he's trying to, it, so he brings me wine and I had like two sips of wine one night and just two sips. And I still had the bottle in the fridge cause I wasn't, I didn't get drunk. I wasn't trying to get drunk. I just had a glass of wine to relax. I mean, I was taking care of a baby and he just takes off for a few days and he could just up and leave. And I've been taking care of the baby. So I fell asleep and I thought, you know, my husband can take care of the baby while I'm sleeping. Well, um, so he, um, anyway, he was really acting very, um, suspicious. I didn't understand. And then he starts picking fights with me, but anyway, long story short, then I'm at the next day I'm doing laundry with my husband and he's folding laundry. And then I get another knock on the door and I answer the door and it's another, it's a different CPS worker. And I say, Oh, hello. She's like, yeah, I have a, you know, I'm with CPS. I'm like, what? I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? There's a mistake. My husband made a false report. He's right here. And he's all, no, I didn't. And then he just starts freaking just saying, you know, going, Oh no. And I go, okay, that's it. You need to get your stuff and get out of here. And then me and him got in a big blown up flight right in front of the CPS worker. And, um, and, and he was getting all the stuff out in the mouth. No, you have to leave. And then she saw the baby, the baby was sleeping in the room. And she's like, um, even the CPS worker called the police to kind of keep the peace. And when the police came, even one of the officers had stated that my husband was complaining about a noise complaint in the unit above us. And um, just a week prior to, or a couple of weeks prior to this, and that he was very irrational. And he, there's something, he's like, there's something wrong. And I, I told the CPS worker, I said, he's very abusive and I there's no reasoning with him and he's kicked a hole in this door I mean he's like he's just crazy and I'm like and I've been begging him to go to marriage counseling he won't go and he's cussing at me calling me a pill popper so anyway he had told CPS he's like yeah she passed out with the baby you know passed out drunk with the baby I said that is a lie and I showed her that I go this is the wine he brought me when he was came over and I'm like and there was only like a drop out of it and I, and she's like, well, you were meant to do a drug test. And I said, absolutely. Cause I I'm not hiding anything. Like, I'm like, of course I will anything for my son. So I'm anyway, so he leaves, she does this report. She sends me to at night and I have a three month old and I'm going all the way to Inglewood at, at night to do this drug test. I'm, it's hard to find it because it's, you know, and I have to take the baby out in the cold and I'm just, I'm just so hurt. But anyway, so I brought my medications with me now. And I'm, cause I take Adderall for ADHD and then I had the, you know, I had other, two other antidepressants, but 
I've had um, ADD um, for a long time and I'm under my doctor's care and I, and I didn't, and also I would like to add that when I had my baby, my baby was never born with, I never ever took any medications when I was pregnant because I, I was so careful and I never wanted to um, affect my son, you know, and, um, and I, the baby was born with no, nothing in his system. Well, of course not. Cause I don't have, I'm not, I don't have a problem, but anyway, I, um, I'm just really depressed, like, because of the abuse I received from my husband. He's very verbally and emotionally abusive. So, um, I, um, and, um, anyway, so I do the drug test and see, I've had, I have been on AD, I've been on ADD medications for, since I was younger. And, um, and, um, you know, I have, I didn't know that. So I've taken another prescription before and, I didn't have the bottle for it because I put it into my other ADD medication because I, and I didn't remember, I thought they would all test the same because they're all for the same thing. So anyway, they said, anyway, I did the urine test and they, um, they, then the social worker calls me and says, hi, we got your urine test. And it says that you tested for amphetamine and methamphetamine. And I said, that's impossible because I don't do methamphetamine. And I, I don't know what you're talking about. And um, so I was crying and I was freaking out like, oh, my God, like, how did this happen? So I called my doctor and he said, no, but and my doctor explained to them that I was on because uh, I um, I didn't know the name. I didn't know that the medication that he had me on Desoxin that I've ha- I had that that's what I took before. I didn't know that it was going to test different than my Adderall. So I, that was the one I chose to use that instead. Cause I can, I have different ones from a long time ago. Cause I don't take them all the time, but, um, and, and, um, so he, he, the, my doctor even called her and said, look, she's allowed to take that. And he even wrote me a letter to the judge and everything. But anyway, so they, they thought that I was, I was lying. Um, but even my doctor called them and said, no, she, and then anyway, they said, we need you to send a picture of the bottle. And I go, I don't have I don't remember because I didn't know that that what desoxin the, the the medication that I took with desoxin that is actually methamphetamine. I didn't know that. I just thought it was desoxin and it was an ADHD medication. I didn't know what it really was, but I'm prescribed it. So anyway, um, so I went and saw my doctor crying, and um, anyway, so then they came a couple nights later, and meanwhile my husband's just bashing me, calling me all these names, and. I called my husband after this because I, I didn't know what to do because I'm supposed to be able to talk to my husband. I mean, I just can't believe how evil my husband is. It's, and I told him I, what happened. He's like, oh, yeah, now you're a meth head, too. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just breaking down. He's just be, just breaking me down even more. Anyway, so then um, I did go to my doctor, and he gave me – he's like, he's all, this is ridiculous. He wrote a letter for the judge. He's like, this is so unnecessary. And um, I've called a postpartum depression therapist and I told her about the situation and she says that this is so not right what's going on and that um you know I need to you know tell the judge that I saw a postpartum depression advocate and all this stuff and that this has been taken way too far oh because I'm sorry after that they came to my house and my mom was there with me because I um my mom she's you know she helps with the baby and it's it is her my mom's home that I live in anyway so um I mean, I rent from my mom's home and she was there helping me with the baby and the police came to the door and they, they said that they were going to, they said, okay, well, since your mom's here, they left the baby with my mom, which is amazing, like I, which I'm grateful for because, and, but they said I had to leave and I can't come back there. 
So I'm not even, and my baby's three months old and I can't even bond with my baby. And they're making me out to be this crazy person, like, or to be this person I'm not. And then, um, we went to court on last Wednesday. Sure. So you eventually did go to court. Is that correct? Yeah, this just this last Wednesday, yes. And when is your next court date? They were saying like March 14th. It's just for attorneys only, and they said that. Um, and my husband had showed up with an attorney. His parents got him an attorney, and I I didn't know I I didn't know what to I didn't even know how to even handle this. So I was Hold like, on, ma'am. I went in ma'am? there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, do you have a yes, pen and a piece of paper? I do. I do. Okay. We're going to have to continue your call offline. And I want you to call okay. this number after eight, after 930 and make an appointment to it, see me. It, okay. I have your number. Okay. And where is your case? What county? L.A. County. Um, it was at that Edelman's oh. Children's Court. Okay. So would you do me a favor and call me uh, and make that appointment? Okay. Absolutely. Let me ask you one last question. Are you uh, registered to vote? Absolutely, yes. Very good. All righty, ma'am. I look forward to speaking with you in the next day or so. Thank you so much for taking my call. And thank you for calling. Okay, we're going to take another call right now. Uh, Let's see, it's area code 951, ending in 74. Good morning, you're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Both, actually. Um, Go ahead. First, I would like to ask the question. The question is... um, at some point, if you've already attended court for your children, for um, if they were detained and there are charges brought up against you, do you not have the right to know that right then and there at the court hearing? Absolutely. That's the purpose of the first court hearing. Okay, because I've been doing my own footwork. I spoke with you yesterday as well, and I found out yesterday that there were charges um, they are, I guess, they're charged against me, but they're not, they have not been mailed off or sent to the state yet. So I spoke with, with um, someone from Child Protective Services, and they told me that it's so chaotic, they may or may not be um, or sent off to the state. So I was just wondering, because I work directly with children, so I would not like the things that were said to go on my record. Um, And secondly, I had no knowledge that I was charged with anything because it wasn't brought to my attention on the court hearing. Well, do you have a copy of the 300 petition that was filed? Yes, I do. Okay, so if you read through that, those are the charges that they're bringing, bringing against you. Okay, but there's nothing on. I just have a JV100. I I didn't even receive this at court. I actually went on my own 
yesterday, and someone was nice enough to give this to me because this is what she found in the system. So had I not won, I wouldn't even have this. Well, you didn't, I don't understand, the first court date, they didn't give you a copy of that and they didn't go over it with you? No one went over anything with me, sir. It was presented well, what to me happened that at these the... were allegations. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, they're just allegations until they prove or you disprove <clears throat> those allegations at the time of the next hearing, which is probably yeah, a trial. Yeah, I didn't trial. even have time to speak. No one allowed me time to speak. All that I was able to do was sit there and listen to basically my children still being detained. So I didn't have the opportunity to You know, I I, I wasn't there. You know, I don't know exactly what happened, but that doesn't sound right. It doesn't, but this Um, is what took place. Is it it possible you can call your attorney and uh, have him or her explain to you what's going on? Yes. Yes, because... Because um, That's what I would recommend that you do. Okay, because I just wanted to let you know they're trying to charge me with um, severe neglect, which would directly affect my employment and also emotional abuse with my my son. And I don't know, besides my son um, lying to the people, that's the only evidence that they would have. What what I would advise you to do is talk talk to your attorney or... Hire another attorney, but you got to focus on winning your next court hearing, preparing for trial. Uh, I don't yes. know, you know, if you should even be speaking to a social worker uh, without your attorney present. So those are the things that I would recommend that you do and do them as soon as possible. Okay. Alrighty. I want to thank you for your okay. call, ma'am. I appreciate it. I actually have one more thing I would like to um, ask. Um, prior to these, um, prior to these allegations, I don't have anything on my record. My record's actually clean. Um, I'm a teacher. I have teacher of the month certificates to back it up. Outstanding employee. I don't have anything with children. And my son, he has a history of telling lies. I have. Um, actually an extensive history of him acting out with school personnel. Um, Would it be in my best interest to um, show this at the court hearing, or do you think it would affect my case negatively? Well, just based upon the limited information that I have, I would say that it, it would be important that you show that. But what's more important than that is that you sit down with your attorney either your court-appointed attorney or your privately hired attorney, and go over all of this immediately, like in the next week. Yeah, I intend to do that because um, they actually have me there. I didn't even think I was charged with anything because, you know, I don't have anything um, in writing besides what the social, well, what the lady from CPS gave me yesterday. But it's just basically right now it's kind of like it all depends on if that social worker sends it to the state. But the lady was telling me 
it's a possibility that things are so chaotic she may not even send it to the state. But I'm I would concerned not about rely my on job. That, yeah. I wouldn't right. either. I would not rely on that. All right. So <clears throat> sit down with your court appointed attorney, hire a new private attorney, but whatever you do, do it immediately. Hello? Did we yeah, did we lose you? Hello? Okay, we're having some technical difficulties there uh, with that call. I'm going to take my next call. I have a few minutes left in the show today. From area code 818, ending in 13. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? I had a question. Go for it. Okay, quick question. Um attorney that's appointed to me um what are my rights in requesting to the social worker anything in regards to the case what are my rights that i can request such as um any sort of documents you have the right to receive all of the documents and under the law there is a discovery what they call a discovery provision in the california rule of courts where your attorney can uh, request and then the social worker would have to turn over everything he or she has regarding your case and your family. Okay, and that and that's a specific, is that a court document or is this like uh is this like a something that needs to be filed in court for the social no, worker to generally turn documents? Generally, generally, the way I do it is I I send a letter, what's called a discovery letter to the uh, county council, the social worker's attorney, requesting all documents and things regarding the case. I'd be happy to share that letter with you. I'll black out the names. But if you uh, call my office after the show and leave a message for me, I will, in your name and email, I'll email you the template that we use um, to request uh, social worker information on uh, almost every case that we work on. Okay. And you might want so to share that with your attorney. You might want to share that with your attorney and ask him and her, him or her, to do that. To request that. Okay. And there's another another quick question. Um, I have had to have some sort of communication with the social worker to show intent of of reunifying the game plan that she has, um, but I've re refuse to have any verbal communication with her due to the fact the way she interprets our conversations are to be basically against me. Um, sure. so I have created a sure. written email that. dialogue. So I've created basically an email dialogue where I have told her that from here on forward, unless it's an emergency, she can contact me. But if it's not an emergency, I want all of it on in writing and she somehow right. refuses she's like call me so we can discuss this further and i've already told her is there a reason why you cannot respond via email and she just basically doesn't respond ever she doesn't she basically just cuts me off right um so the question so is one okay go ahead you need to discuss that with your attorney so that he or she can get that straightened out 
in my opinion, if you just want to discuss or communicate with the social worker via email or text, you have the right to do that. Okay, great. Okay, one more last question before I, I go. If I have monitored visits, um, there's a caretaker, and usually the caretaker gives a brief summary of the visit, such as what time I arrived, um, what time did the visitation ended. Can I take someone on my behalf as a witness, just in case the caretaker gives in false information? You know, that's a very good question, and I would say that it's generally up to the social worker to um, approve that. But if I were you, you know, everybody has a smartphone now, I would record that information as it's happening so it could be timestamped. You know, there's a free voice recorder on most smartphones, and if not, you can download a free app to do that. But if you want to take somebody as a witness, uh, definitely discuss that with your attorney and, and make sure that the social worker is okay with that. Some social workers will be okay with it, some won't. Okay, Which, yeah, because you know, I wanted to take the grandma with me just to just to go with me as basically as a visitor with me to say not to say she's there to visit the children, even though she is, but the way I'm wording it saying she wasn't she was there as a visitor with me. Right. You get That's how saying? I would word it too. That's how I would word it too. Oh. Just say, Hey, I want to take the grandmother. She has the right to visit so the social worker shouldn't give her too many problems okay well that's the thing she is okay i'll give you i'll give a, i'll give your office a call in regards to the discovery uh, letter template and um i'll leave my e my name and email in there with your staff thank you so much for taking my call sure. thank you very much for day. calling bye-bye bye-bye okay we have a few minutes left in the show i'm going to take one more call let's here we go two one three Ending in 9-1. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Hello. Okay. Some technical difficulties. We'll go to one more call. Area code eight one eight ending in four seven. Good morning, Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good. I have a Good. question Good. for Good. you. Yeah. So my daughter was removed from me in two thousand and thirteen for a diluted okay. drug test. Um, I had a meeting in the DCFS office in Chatsworth. Uh, the investigator. In her report, there was no evidence of any drug substance use or anything. When I went to go drug test and I got the drug test results, um, the pactology in the bottom said it was diluted and needed to be retested. But the social workers refused to retest. And at the meeting that they told me I didn't have to take my daughter, they detained her for me and placed her with her father who to this day we're still having issues with visitation he has sole custody of her but he doesn't let me see her at all well wait a minute the, the social worker would have to go to court to do that did you go we, to court we did go to court yeah we did go to court we went to court and i got granted visitation rights and everything 
even a sibling visitation rights with her other three siblings. But after the court, um, it was just like a four-month uh, processing, and they gave him sole custody. And on the court report, it says he has a substance abuse issues, and it's been like years. And to this day, I've gone to family court to file for, you know, visitation, and he's still refusing. We were ordered to do the um, My Wizard account, mm-hmm. and, yeah, he's My not family. cooperative with that at all. Okay, let me, okay. Let me ask you a quick, a couple quick questions because I'm running out of time. Did you lose custody of the child through the juvenile court? Through the juvenile court, yes. Did they close the case with a family law order giving him custody? Uh, you know what? I didn't get any paperwork from the court stating that. Okay. Well, you're going to have to get a copy of the juvenile court order that gave him custody because you're going to need that when you go to family law court to try to get custody back or when you try to get more visitation. And I will tell you under the family code, uh, one of the code sections says something like the child, the person who promotes, best promotes visitation with the other parent will likely get custody of the child. So in this particular Mm -hmm. situation, from the limited facts you've told me, that would be you. Okay. So yeah, because like I said, I didn't get any paper. Okay. If you want some more information about some of the specifics and how to get the paperwork, give me a call after 930 today. And um, I won't be at the office, but you can leave a message, and I'll call you back this weekend or on Monday, and we can have a discussion on what you need to do. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you very much for calling. Bye-bye. Okay, that takes us basically to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for calling in. Uh, If you didn't get on or if you did get on, please call again next week to 9 a.m. And we'll uh, we'll do this once again. I want to remind everyone to register to vote and to make sure when you vote that you vote for or against the judges of your choice uh, on the ballot. Those are important, uh, elect- that's what are important parts of the election. So make sure that you take the time and do your research, talk to people and cast your vote. One last thing I want to discuss is uh, we're going to be starting a a database uh, for judges uh, and for candidates who we recommend and don't recommend uh, for election in the future in California in the different, uh, I think, 57 counties. Um, I've talked to people around the country who want to do that on a national basis as well, where judges are elected or have to face re-election in their own states and counties or parishes. So that will be coming up. If you'd like to volunteer for helping with that, please send me an email at v as in Vincent dot Davis at Vincent W Davis. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week on the radio.